Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth from Drona Financial and CPAs, where we give you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But the solid advice and words of wisdom come from Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Brian, well, here we are. It is the holiday weekend. It is Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, depending upon when you're listening to the program. So we want to wish everyone happy holidays out there and don't forget what Christmas is all about. And Brian, I want to give the people a Christmas gift today, and that is to impart some more valuable information that they can use to get themselves to retirement, through retirement, and also to manage their wealth. We are in our 401st show, Brian, and they said it wouldn't last. And I don't know about you, Brian, but I'm just as excited about talking to the people on the radio about finances as I was on show one. What about you? Well, yeah, I was probably the one that said it wouldn't last. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I, don't, I don't know how to do a radio show. What? I have to talk for an hour? Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. I used to have a public speaking phobia. Come on. Why, I know. How am I going to do an hour long show? Yeah. And here we are 400 shows later. So yeah. I'm, wow. Okay. I, I guess it's going to last. Yeah. Well, I think what's been great about this program, and I think any program that lasts over a period of time is that it must evolve. It must grow and it must change. And in the beginning, we were talking about some very basic type of things. Today, we sort of, we, you know, we still will circle back to some basic things, but we do talk about more advanced topics because over the past, I don't know, seven, eight years, there's a lot more to talk about. How has the financial services business and what you're able to offer your clients evolved or changed over the last seven or eight years? Well, that's a really good question because, you know, when I entered, uh, you know, I was a CPA or still am on a CPA firm and that's all I was going to do. And then I had clients that wanted me to invest their money because of the trust part. They trusted me. And so uh, I had to get licensed. I did. And I started what became Madrona Financial. Well, at the time, basically, we had just a couple things we can invest in. We can invest in the stock market and the bond market. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. And over the years, though, investment products have gotten a lot more sophisticated, certainly, and uh, a lot of the offerings have gotten much better. Uh, there were many offerings that were terrible back then that I wouldn't touch. Maybe it was master limited partnerships, uh, different kind of real estate ventures with really super high fees. Uh, the annuities weren't very good back then. Life insurance wasn't awesome. You know, there was a lot of things that were missing and or weren't very good. So we had you know, someone come in and go, I want you to invest some money. I said, well, okay, we got stocks and bonds, 60-40 split, 40-60 split, you know, whatever. But as the years progressed, uh, we look at it now and, and we can offer, you know, obviously the stock and bond market through exchange-traded funds, which didn't exist when I started. And we can also offer different kind of cash equivalents like fixed annuities. But then, uh, you know, we can also add the fixed indexed annuities, both for accumulation purposes or for uh, lifetime cash flow, like a pension. Add to that the uh, universal life as an asset class where you mm-hmm. borrow against your own future death proceeds. 
We can add premium finance universal life. We've got structured notes, buffered ETFs, Delaware statutory trusts, opportunity zones, interval funds. There's private non-traded equity REITs, uh, private non-traded debt REITs. So now we have all these different kinds of uh, investment classifications that really either didn't exist or weren't very good. And so now with that in mind and throw in the, the need for planning from the kind of the CPA side of things, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's tax planning, estate planning, trust, business succession, real estate succession, charitable gifting strategies, all of that kind of thing, added to the plethora of investment choices. Boy, the business has changed dramatically from when we did our first show. And it sounds, Brian, like the insurance industry and things like annuities, that is an area that has changed, I think, the most. And would you say that the insurance products maybe are taking a bigger portion of someone's portfolio today because of the different things that they offer than they did maybe eight years ago? Absolutely. Uh, We see, you know, you think about, I I mentioned the two kind of fixed index annuities for accumulation and for cash flow. Right. And when I think about the accumulation ones, you know, I call them CD on steroids. So you think about how much money, you know, back in the old days, investing was putting your money in CDs. I mean, that's all my parents did. That's the only investment they ever owned was CDs. I thought, oh, that's what you do. You put it in CDs. I didn't know anything about the stock market growing up. And so uh, that's generally where people put it. Well, if you know, you look at how much money must be in CDs, I mean, it's, it's a huge amount of money across the country. I can get a better rate with a fixed index annuity than I can with a CD. And so just that knowledge right there, the insurance industry has put together uh, these products that can beat what typically people think of when they, they want to talk about safe money. In the same uh, light, we used to have pensions. My dad had a pension. He was a school teacher. Right. He had a pension. Everybody he knew had a pension. And now it's pretty much, you know, somebody comes in, I go, what? You have a pension? You know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's kind of rare. Yeah. And so uh, what do we do? How do we provide cash flow in our retirement uh, when knowing that Social Security won't be enough? Well, one way is to buy your own pension. You can't buy a pension, but you can buy a fixed index annuity that kind of looks, walks, and, and talks like a duck. So it might be a duck. You know, it's kind of, right. it, it's very, very similar, have similar attributes to a pension. Some attributes are even better than a pension, uh, whether it's increasing lifetime cash flow or money going to your heirs in case you die prematurely, which pensions don't do. Mm-hmm. And so we have these tools now that they're so much more robust than they were eight years ago when we started the radio show or 20, what, three years ago. Mm-hmm. When I started, uh, Bob Bauer and I started Madrona Financial, it's way more robust than it was back then. Uh, I wasn't even using the the insurance company products for the first probably nine years that I was an advisor. I wasn't using private non-traded debt or equity REITs. I, they, they just weren't as good. And I'd analyze them and go, nah, I don't think I want to put my clients into this. But now, you know, when I look at them, I go, oh, yeah, they they have a, a they can have a great fit for many or most i would say a majority of our investment portfolios retirement plans involve both insurance company products and private real estate investments and i think one of the benefits to insurance company products is the safety factor of those and with the market volatility the way that it is today people are looking for safety i mean we had a bull market here for 11 years and things were going great guns and really everybody thought about just equities putting money into the stock market but those days are over But I understand that annuity companies uh, in the last year or so, even in this volatile market, that the annuities now, as far as the rates that they're paying, have gone up a bit, have they not? 
Oh, yeah. You know, compared to a year or two ago, a year or two ago, I was a little reticent to put people into accumulation annuities where we locked up their, their money for five years or seven years because the rates just weren't that great. But conversely, you know, what are you going to do? Put it into bonds? Well, the people out there have been hearing for years, oh, you put it into bonds as your safe money. Well, bonds are not safe. Just look at your financial statement this year. If you have bonds, you're going, huh? I thought safe meant I don't lose money, and I lost a lot of money on my bonds in 2022. So they they aren't safe money. That's apples and oranges. And so when we think about providing some level of protection against loss in our portfolio, whether that's 10% of your portfolio protected from loss or 50% or whatever that percentage is, you can't use bonds (laughs) to do that. So the annuities, uh, as I mentioned, you can use CDs, but I also mentioned that annuities can generally provide a better return than any CD I've ever seen. And so in that case, it's like, oh, okay, that's the right tool for that job. And we always talk about investments as, as tools. Right. And, uh, you know, so the right tool for the safe money job for me is the insurance company products. The right tool for guaranteed increasing lifetime cash flow is an insurance company product. The right tool for cash flow and retirement that's tax-free is an insurance company product, Universal Life. And so they certainly uh, have done a, a lot of innovation over especially just the last 10 years. And so a lot of people might think, well, I've always hated insurance company products. How long have you hated them? 20 years. Well, you hate them based on something that was around 20 years ago. I, mm-hmm. I hear that same thing about real estate investments, uh, passive real estate. Uh, I'll talk to other advisors and they say, I, I don't do those. I'm like, why? Oh, they're terrible. I'm like, when did you decide that? 20 years ago. Yeah, and I go, well, they were terrible 20 years ago. They're not terrible today. Have you looked? Mm-hmm. No, I don't like them. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> if, if your uh, like or dislike is based on something from 20 years ago, knowing that all these industries have changed dramatically, you might want to kind of reassess and, and take a, a, a new look at, at uh, different products that are available now because I don't really care what was available 20 years ago anymore. I, I care about what's available now. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs about how uh, the firm has evolved and how investing in general has evolved over the last six, seven years, eight years, actually, that we've been doing this show, being that this is the 401st show. Brian, today, do you have the ability to even get more granular because of technology and computer programs and so forth in terms of, you know, figuring out investments than you even were able to get seven, eight years ago? Are you able to pinpoint things even further or much better? Oh, absolutely. ETFs came along and really opened it. You know, it used to be you go out and you either buy stocks or if you wanted diversification, you bought mutual funds. So you bought the Fidelity Magellan Fund, which was essentially the S&P 500 for the most part. So you'd buy a mutual fund. Well, now you can, with the advent of exchange-traded funds, you can get extremely granular. You could say, you know, I just want uh, U.S. infrastructure funds because they passed that bill. And I want uh, a semiconductor ETF because they passed that other bill. And, and, and I want, you know, whatever it is you want, you can get it. I, I want to invest in corn. Okay, you can buy corn, you know, mm-hmm. the ETF on corn. You can buy just about anything now through an exchange-traded funds. Now, on the broad market, that's an interesting look, too, because, you know, it used to be you buy the S&P 500, you buy the total stock market index, you buy the global index, whatever. It was just broad, usually market cap-weighted and that kind of thing. Now you can buy what's called buffered ETFs or structured notes. And, and with a buffered ETF, it's a product that you can dictate how much loss you're willing to take in the market. You can say, um, I'll take the first 5% of a drop in a year, but uh, I don't want to take anything 
take from 5 to 30, but I will take from 30 and beyond. Mm-hmm. And I'll get a certain upside if the market's up. Or you can say, I want the first 10% or 15% or 25% eliminated if it's down in a year. In exchange for that, I don't get all of the upside. I get a cap, and that cap's going to be, you know, double digits somewhere. You, you can even invest in stock markets that way, where you take risk off but leave some on so you can get a higher upside. You know, nothing's perfect. You don't get the risk taken off and all the upside. That's silly. I hear annuity people say that. We're going to take away your risk and you get the upside of the market. No, you get some of the upside Right, of the you don't market. get it all. You don't get something for nothing. And if it don't make sense, it probably <laughs> isn't right. Right. So, uh, you know, but there are, these these can be great ways to, you know, where you have money that, uh, I, I want to invest it, but I'm really nervous about the market, so I just have it sitting in cash. Well, maybe you get a buffered ETF with a very strong buffer that protects you against virtually, historically, most if not all historical timeframes, whether it's structured note or buffered ETF or some kind of mix in there, where you can feel, all right, I, I have some level of security or, or you know, go through the insurance company products. They, they typically have an annual floor of zero. You can't go backwards. So there's a great way to uh, add that security. So they're combining all these different aspects. You can lessen your risk over your overall risk, while at the same time give yourself a, a better chance of having decent returns. And that's kind of the goal here. You know, we can't eliminate risk and get decent returns, but we can certainly, uh, you know, you got a too hot, too cold, or or just right. We're mm-hmm. we're trying to get just right. We're talking with Brian Evans here about how the financial services industry and in particular Madrona Financial has evolved over the last several years. And I think the takeaway is that there are a lot more choices and there are a lot more tools and decisions to be made. And it's really difficult if you're trying to do those yourself. And that is why you need what I call a financial Sherpa, somebody who has helped people get to retirement, through retirement, who has helped people successfully manage their money in the past. And that's what Madrona Financial is. Consider them your financial Sherpa. We're here to hold your hand to take you up the mountain and bring you back down safely. Once again, if you would like a financial plan, if you want to know how deep your financial roots are and whether they're deep enough to survive another financial storm like we're in right now, go to Madrona Financial and click on the Get Started button. It's just a couple questions that you'll answer there. And once you've done that, you can schedule a brief call to find out how deep your financial roots are. And if they're not deep enough, we'll help you deepen those. Once again, go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button. Growing Your Wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And this segment, we're going to be talking about the Fed. Yeah, the Fed, Jerome Powell. But, you know, he has been in the news a lot this past year because he's uh, having these press conferences and he just continues to have Fed rate hikes. And he had a recent one here just, to, oh, I'm going to say a week or so ago, Brian. What was the takeaway from this past press conference? Yeah, they're going to continue to raise interest rates, it looks like, and they raised them again, and they're even exceeding the old expectations from most people in the in the industry, where the uh, the banks uh, the borrowing rate for for banks is going to exceed five percent. Well, when you get to that point, you know they got to make money, so you know certainly when you borrow money, you got to pay a lot more than that, and so it's going to be difficult for the economy to to really take off. 
and that was the point of this. What I find interesting, though, I kind of want to back up here. It's like, okay, you raise interest rates, you raise interest rates. Why is that? One of the things I find interesting is the use of leverage. Now, leverage can be a good thing for investing. And so when we use leverage, we borrow, it's called other people's money. We use someone else's money to finance something we think we're going to get high returns on. So you might use leverage to buy rental houses or, or real estate so that you don't have to save up you know, millions of dollars to buy something. You save up hundreds of thousands and put 10% down, 20% down, whatever it is, and let the, the bank put up the rest. And then you get your rents and, and so forth. Businesses leverage, they, they get SBA loans or, or whatever so they can grow quickly because you know we, we have a finite number of years we can work or we're on this planet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need a, a head start. And so we use other people's money to, to get something done. Well, when using the same logic, the government essentially used leverage to overheat the economy. And the way they used leverage, they borrowed. Does this sound familiar? They borrowed. Yep. They used other people's money, our kids' money 30 years from now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Other people's money, they, they borrowed trillions of dollars they didn't have, and they put it into the economy. That supercharged the economy. People were able to stay home. Checks went out to people. Checks went to businesses. Checks went all over the place. Uh, Money was flowing. Uh, Economy's doing awesome. There's no unemployment. Uh, Interest rates are low. Stock market's rallying. All this stuff is happening. It's all awesome for a while. Well, the problem is they over leveraged. And so they put too much into the economy. It was too heated up. And I think the Fed had their I don't know if they took their eye off the road or what, but they didn't do anything. They just kind of let it happen. Mm -hmm. All this just happened. And then we had inflation. And then the Fed says, oops, we can't have that and have a good economy long term. So, uh, you know, that's the the silent killer. That's that's the the invisible tax. That's that's a bad one. And so what happened is they did the reversal. They said, we're going to take money out of the economy. We're going to raise interest rates. People aren't going to be able to borrow. They're not going to buy houses. They're not going to expand businesses. They're not going to get SBA loans. They're not going to buy stuff they used to buy. They're not going to, businesses aren't going to expand. They're not going to innovate like they did. They're they're not going to merge. They're not going to grow. They're not going to take chances. Interest rates are too high. So that's why they're raising interest rates, is to put the damper on the fire that was created through all the borrowing that occurred with covid Brian, uh, the takeaway from the last press conference, I think, was that uh, Jerome Powell is raising interest rates by another 50 basis points or a half a percentage. He has raised uh, interest rates over this past year. Do you think that it has had the desired effect on inflation or is there still a lot more work to come? Well, I mean, if, if your goal is to bring down inflation then I guess it's accomplishing its goal because, you know, the, the, but everything has a side effect. <laughs> we talk about that. There's benefits and detriments to everything. And the detriment is, you know, you, you kill jobs, you kill the economy, you, you don't kill it, but, you know, you certainly wound it. And so we've got a lot of, a lot of things that are wounded right now because we want to lower inflation as quickly as possible. Because before all this started, uh, he was out there saying, well, we're going to control inflation to 2%. I'm like, what, by doing nothing? You just pump $4 trillion in the economy. Doing nothing is probably not going to be how you keep inflation at 2%. 
And then, of course, remember the, the rhetoric. Well, inflation is just transitory. Really? Have you been to the store lately? <laughs> probably not. You're the president of the United States. You probably haven't been to the store. Doesn't feel transitory to me. And so we had all that rhetoric for a while. Now, nah, don't pay attention to that monster behind the curtain. Well, eventually the monster got out and uh, we had inflation. It was uh, sustained inflation. It was not transitory. The Fed did nothing. And boom, we had the highest inflation in 40 years. So like I said, I don't know what they were thinking, uh, ignoring it, but they were. And now I almost see the opposite occurring. In my opinion, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this going, I think you've done enough to dampen the economy. I don't think you have to keep doing this. But they believe they do. They really want to get to that. I told you where I was going to control it to 2%. I'm just, you know, I'll, I'll do as much damage as I can to the economy to make sure that inflation drops because, you know, no one's going to be able to do the things they wanted to do. And so I, there's some of that going on. So I guess a uh, long answer to your question, Jeff, is did they accomplish their, their goal? I, I'd say they are accomplishing their goal of bringing down inflation, but at what price? And so I, and, uh, I think their, their timing, I, I'm afraid they're going to overshoot a little bit here unnecessarily. You know, it's okay to play economics in your fancy office, but you know, if you're losing mm-hmm. your job or you can't buy a house or anything, you're like, come on, man, <laughs> do you have to keep raising rates on me i'm trying to live here i'm trying to do the things i want to do so i you know i'm, I'm a little concerned that we're we're overplaying that hand well chairman powell was quoted as saying i just don't think that anyone knows whether or not we're going to have a recession or not and if we do whether it's going to be a deep one or not it's really not knowable what is your feeling about it i mean i thought we'd been in a recession maybe in a recession out of a recession and i saw one talking head a pundit here just uh, this morning say well the recession may not happen until late 2023 and it It'll be a mild one. What's your take on that? Yeah, we were in a recession. I'm going to use the definition I grew up with, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. And so we were in a recession. And we're not right now based on that definition. Will we be uh, in 2023? It's very possible because of, you know, as I just mentioned, maybe overplaying the hand of raising interest rates to damage the economy. So that absolutely could happen. So I feel like we're kind of in the middle of a storm right now, a little bit of a financial storm relative to investment. Now, one of the interesting things I've I've been noting is during the last 40 years where interest rates were primarily just dropping. I mean, they were just dropping for 40 years, not in a straight line, but as close to one as as you'll see in, in finance. And so we see those interest rates dropping. People are borrowing. They're borrowing. The, the economy's doing great. Uh, businesses are doing great. All that stuff. A lot of that is on that concept I was just talking about, other people's money, OPM. And so businesses were borrowing cheaply, and that created a great deal of wealth, a great deal of growth in the United States. And now that that's, we're going to see this pendulum swing now. We're not going to have 40 years of dropping rates. We're, we're seeing rates go up, way up, quickly, like overnight almost, it feels like. The Fed went from a zero or a 25 basis point to 525 basis points uh, within a year. Boy, that's quite the increase. So again, damages the economy. And so now that we don't have the OPM, the other people's money kind of leverage in the economy, we're going to see a lot of changes, I think, in the investment structures and investment returns of areas where we tended to see a certain thing happen. And now we might see some differences occur. 
And uh, Fed Chair Powell said that I think we'll make the February decision based on the incoming data, and that indicates that more rate hikes are ahead. Let's uh, bring this back to the average person listening to this program, Brian, who has little money in the market. Maybe they haven't jumped uh, safety just quite yet. They're concerned about the market. They're concerned about the economy. How do you think that these rate hikes that are projected in February is, is going to really set the stage for 2023? 2023 could be pretty volatile, I think. And so now I think long term stock markets are can be a very good thing. But again, we don't have the leverage component that we used to have in the stock market. So maybe the perceived rate of returns on certain types of investment, you know, technology investments and all of that, you might have to kind of have a paradigm shift a little bit where you're not going to just go out and buy the next big tech company and watch it become the next Amazon or Apple or Microsoft or Tesla or whatever. I don't know that that's going to happen the way it has in the past. So uh, there is that. I also think that, you know, I run into people that are just, you know, really nervous about the market and they're losing sleep over it and all that stuff. If, if that's you, then you probably don't have the right asset allocation mix. You don't have the right tools for the job. Stock market is not the right tool for the job for cash flow and security. <laughs> so right. if that's what you're using or bonds are not the right tool for security, you know, they, they're better at cash flow now because they have to pay more. But uh, certainly there's other alternatives that I think are better that don't subject you to losses if, if interest rates go up. So make sure you have the right tools for the job. So if you are nervous, and, and it might be because all your money's in the market, stocks and bonds, then you might go, huh, maybe I have somebody look at this that understands true diversity. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we talk about on this show is every advisor out there will tell their client they're diversified, every one of them. And they are to some degree, but to what degree? So I'm diversified. I own stocks and bonds. Well, okay, I've got... You know, about 18 categories of investments I could roll out in front of you. You just named two of them. Yeah, that's diversity. And you have many different stocks, many different bonds. But there might be other tools, other investments that are appropriate to attain your goals. So depending on what your goals are. And most advisors either don't have access to them, they don't use them, they don't understand them enough, they find it hard to explain, so they just don't bother to offer them because they're trying to make a living. If they, if they can't explain something, they probably can't get somebody to get in it. So whether that's Delaware Statutory Trusts or Opportunity Zones or Universal Life or private non-traded equity REITs, whatever it is, unless you work with them a lot, you're probably not even going to hear about them from your advisor. And as an individual retail investor, you can't even access those things I just named off because they're not available to a retail investor. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs in a radio program today. We've been talking about Chairman Powell's most recent press conference and the 50 basis point hike here at the end of this year. And if you're interested in this conversation and you want an advisor who really does evolve with the times, who does have a lot of financial tools to help you get to retirement through retirement, manage your wealth, we encourage you to contact Madrona Financial and ask for your complimentary no-cost, no-obligation financial plan. We call it the financial roots plan. It's checking to see how deep your financial roots really are so that as these winds blow during this financial storm that you don't lose too many branches or worse off that your financial tree doesn't fall over. To find out how deep your financial roots are, go to Madrona Financial, click on the Get Started button. It's a short quiz there. Once you do that, you'll be scheduled for a brief call. And if your financial roots are not deep enough, we'll show you how to deepen your financial roots. Once again, go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button. Want more strategies that can help support the quality of life you want for 30 plus years? Well, stick around. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth. 
Big trees fall when storms hit because they don't have deep enough roots. The same goes with your finances. Your quality of life depends on how deep your financial roots are today, tomorrow, and for years to come. If you want to learn how to design your retirement to last 30 plus years, then grab your copy of 7 Steps to a Successful Retirement by calling Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more of Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about a five-year checklist from retirement. And Brian, a lot of people listening to this program, they may be in that boat where they're five years or less from retirement. And when they come into you and say, Brian, I want to retire in two, three, four years, there's a little checklist that you've got to go through. So I want to go down some of these things and get your opinion on them. And number one of the checklist, and these are not necessarily in order, is assess your investment mix of stocks and bonds. What do you think about that one? I'm going to give that a thumbs down. Okay. <laughs> and the reason, not that you shouldn't do it, but as we were just talking about, there is a lot of categories of investments. That's like going to, I, I use my tool analogy, and it's like, well, you know, you want to fix things and build things and fix cars and make cabinets and all this stuff. So I'm going to assess your, your hammers and your screwdrivers. Well, what about your table saw? What about, <laughs> what about the other things? Nope. I'm just looking at these two things, stocks and bonds. Well, there's a lot of other things I need to look at. So what this is telling me is the folks that put this together are your standard financial advisory firm, the vast majority of financial advisory firms out there that you come in and you assess you and they go, huh, I know what you need. You need a 60-40 split between stocks and bonds or a 40-60 split between you know stocks and bonds, whatever it is. And that's what they have. They have stocks, they have bonds. Which do you want? You want some of each. You got to be diversified. And I just think that is so dumbed down. Mm-hmm. So the people that we talk to that call us, because frankly, there's a lot more people that go there than come to Madrona. I'll just say that. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the, these are national firms. They have tens of thousands of clients and, and hundreds of advisors doing just that. And okay, I guess people want to do that sometimes. It's very simple and it's easy to explain and understand. I'm 60, 40 stocks and bonds. Great. But I don't think it's great. And so we don't do it that way. We do it differently. We do more work. We, we learn more about stuff. And then, of course, add the CPA component. But just dumbing it down to assess your mix of stocks and bonds. And then uh, on this checklist, it says go to this uh, website for an asset allocation calculator between stocks and bonds. So not only am I, <laughs> am I dumbing it down to two products, my whole retirement, I'm letting a computer tell me what the mix should be. So I'm giving that person a thumbs down on this list. Yeah, you really can't get a complete answer to something by plugging in a few numbers in a computer. Of course, you know, it's going to give you a basic ballpark answer that really might be appropriate for everyone. But I think that's one of the big advantages of Madrona Financials. When you sit down with somebody, you really try to find out who the person is and treat them as an individual, not just, you know, paint everything with a brush brush. So thumbs down on assess your investment mix of stocks and bonds. Next one is track your monthly expenses. Is that something that is a good idea five years before retirement? Yes, I would say you definitely want to do that. When we do financial plans for people, I will say that that is probably the most difficult thing for people to get to. Interesting. So if you, you know, if you have some idea what that is, that's really helpful because everybody that comes in spends a different amount of money. And that's a very important aspect of a financial plan, especially when you're doing it for 30 years. 
if you're off 10 or 15 grand a year, that can make a big difference mm-hmm. in the outcome. You know, garbage in, garbage out, as they say, especially when you got a 30-year projection going on. Then garbage multiplied in, garbage multiplied coming out. And that's also a tough one because of the unexplained. I was telling my son the other day, I said, you know, we were putting together a budget for him for mm-hmm. when he goes out on his own and so forth. And, right. And I told him, every month of your life, without fail, just about, you will have an unexpected expense. Mm-hmm. And it won't be $20. Right. It will be hundreds of dollars every month mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. So we're going to budget that in because I know what's happening. Yeah. As you get more finances and you have more money, instead of hundreds of dollars, it might be thousands. Right. <laughs> so... Just know what's going to happen. Right. You have veterinary bills. I know Sam's got dogs. If you're talking about Sam and, uh, you know, Ben's got video games that he needs to buy. Those are unexpected expenses. But as you get older, you know, the house needs a new roof or the furnace goes bad. Something always happens. And I've learned that from experience as well, too. So track your monthly expenses. You might be surprised how much you're spending on things that you don't even realize. I've got a half dozen or more streaming services. And one day I sat down and I totaled it up and I'm going, well, my gosh, I'm I'm spending this much money, and I don't even look at these streaming services. There was something I wanted to see a couple of years ago. I signed up for it, and then I forgot about it. So, yeah, track your monthly expenses. Very, very good idea. Next one is going to be tackle your debt. I think that's pretty important. What do you think? Well, I do think it's important, but I, I, I want to, you know, obviously, is it better to go into retirement with a lot of debt or without? You know, I don't want to dumb this, this show down. Of course, you don't want debt. However... I will kind of push back a little bit. I think there is good debt and there is bad debt. So, you know, Dave Ramsey might say, no, you got to be out of debt. You got to be out of debt. No, you don't. I mean, if I have investments, uh, let's say I have 10 rental houses and they're all 50% leveraged and they're all worth 400000 each. I got $4 million of, of rental houses, $2 million of debt. But guess what else I have? Two million of equity, right? And if I didn't take on that debt, I'm pretty darn sure I wouldn't have that two million of equity. Mm-hmm. And then whatever net cash will I get from the rentals? So debt can be your friend, it, especially in the investment world where you're uh, leveraging your investments, you're leveraging your real estate, you're leveraging even your house. I was talking to my son about this, or, or actually one of my young employees, mm-hmm. and I said, "Get in a house as soon as you can." And she said, "Why?" Can I just save up money so I can pay for it? I'm like, well, here's the situation. If I had that thought, I would have said, all right, how much is a house? Uh, It's $10,000. So I'm going to spend the next 10 years saving up $10,000 because I was making a buck 85 an hour. Right. Minimum wage. And so I remember that thought. I was kind of doing the math as a, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't even 10 years old. I'm already doing math to buy a house. <laughs> go, go figure. Now I, now I host Growing Your Wealth. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. But then I realized that, wait a second, when you finally saved up enough to buy that house, the house is no longer 10000 Now it's 35000 mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to spend the next five years to save up the next twenty five grand. But you know the, the answer to this. Now the $35,000 house is 60000 and then it's 100000 then it's mm-hmm. 300000 then it's a million. You'd never get there. You'd never own a house if you didn't borrow the money on a mortgage. Get into a house as soon as you can so you can at least clamp down on the uh, equity gains of real estate over time and then work out the debt there. So there's good debt and bad debt. I like debt where I'm living in the house, and I think mm-hmm. it's an appreciating market. I like debt where the numbers work out as an investment, whether it's uh, in my education, where I have a marketable skill, whether it's in rentals, whether it's you know in my business, that kind of thing. That's good debt. Bad debt is consumer debt. Right. So you don't want to have consumer debt going into retirement. Something you have to fully pay back. Now, one 
one other aspect of this is that I've had people that are, say, 70 years old and go, oh, well, I, I was going to refinance, but gee, I don't, really don't want a 30-year mortgage, do I? Because, gosh, I'm like, well, you're probably not going to live to be 100, or maybe you will, but right. it's okay to pass away or to not have your house fully paid off when you're older if you have equity. Mm-hmm. And you can pass that debt to your next generation because there's equity offsetting it. If I was left a house that had a lot of equity and a little bit of debt, I'm like, okay, well, I'll sell a house and pay off the debt. No sure. big deal. I didn't want the, the person that owned it in their later years to have to scrimp and save and, and not do what they wanted to do because they thought they had to leave me a debt-free house. So that's another one that's kind of a, is it better to have it paid off? Of course it is. Nobody wants a mortgage in retirement. But if you, you have to have one, is that a terrible thing or that you won't pay it all back? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that house is going to go up in value whether or not you own it or not. So that's an example of good debt. And as you said, bad debt, consumer debt and things like credit cards. I mean, $10,000 at 29.96%. Never a good idea. Or even, you know, financing cars at high interest rates or almost any interest rate because a lot of cars these days drop a lot. So there is good debt and bad debt. You just have to be able to distinguish between the two. We're talking with Brian Evans here with Drona Financial and CPAs about a checklist that I found online about anyone five years from retirement, some of the things that they might want to consider running these down, Brian, and getting his opinion on those. Once again, if you're listening to this program and you're thinking pretty bright guy there, Brian Evans and all the advisors at Madrona Financial, very, very top of their class people. If you'd like a no cost, no obligation, no judgment financial plan from Madrona Financial and you want to check to see how deep your financial roots are to see if you can sustain your wealth during a financial storm, all you got to do is go to Madrona Financial, click on the Get Started button to check how deep your financial roots are. It'll only take you a couple of minutes and you will find out how deep your financial roots are. If they're not deep enough, we'll get them deepened for you. Once again, go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more of Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion with the five years from retirement checklist. And again, Brian, this is a checklist that I found online that I thought was interesting. I wanted to run it by you. If you're just joining us, we have been uh, talking about assessing your investment mix of stocks and bonds, tracking your monthly expenses, tackling your debt, comparing tax structures for future retirement account contributions is our next one, Brian. Yeah, that's where I, I think that's important to do because you're going to have a distribution plan in your retirement. You need to figure out where the money's coming from. You might have retirement accounts, non-retirement accounts, Roths, annuities, investments in markets, cash equivalents, whatever it is. And so we have to figure that out. And certainly doing a tax estimate, we're doing a lot of tax estimates right now for clients because we're trying to, you know, if they're maybe newly retired, they haven't turned on Social Security or their annuities yet, their income's as low as it's going to be the rest of their life, their taxable income, we might want to do some Roth conversions right now and pay volunteer tax at 12% so that the remaining 88% can grow income tax-free permanently and will have already addressed the taxes going to be paid by somebody and maybe at a much, much higher rate by our client, especially after the, the tax loss change in 2025 as expected. We want to take advantage of 
the tax bracket planning around that. Again, we do that for clients because we, we have tax programs here and I have CPAs that can run all this stuff. All of, all of my advisors have access to the CPAs. And so we, we run those. And so it's very critical, I think, to identify what the distribution strategy is in retirement relative to qualified versus non-qualified accounts. We're talking about a checklist five years from retirement with Brian Evans. Next one, Brian, is addressing health care and long-term expenses. I think this is one that gets neglected all too often. Yeah, when we, uh, I, I mentioned earlier in the show that one of the toughest numbers to get is how much do you spend? And part of the reason is because is you don't know what's going to happen to your house. Do you need a new roof and all that stuff? You might know, okay, I spend $100 a month on electricity. That's great. How much do you spend on your roof the next five years? Don't know. Don't know if it's going to fail. How about your car? <laughs> Is your engine going to go out? Is it mm-hmm. you know, you need a new transmission? Do you need new tires? You don't know. Well, the other one is health care. You don't know. I mean, you know certain things, and certainly we add. When somebody says, well, I spend 100 grand a year, we go, well, that's, that's fine, but we're going to add you know, X amount per month for each of you for Medicare supplements, for instance. Uh, we got to factor that in. That's a big expense there. Another thing is you might be retiring at age 63 or 62 or 61 or whatever. You might be on your own for health insurance mm-hmm. until you get Medicare. So there's another one. Again, there's a what if. So you don't know if you're going to need money for particular things in retirement for medical purposes. And so, uh, and I'm not even getting into long-term care. So addressing health care expenses, very important. Don't forget that when you're doing a plan. A lot of people do, oh, I, I figured out my plan. Well, what you, would you put in for Medicare supplement? And they're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 30 years of Medicare supplements is a big number. That's a lot so of numbers. Yeah, get that one in there. A lot of know? money. So there's, there's a lot of money there. So when you're doing these plans and, and you miss a couple variables, boy, you, you might, oh, maybe I shouldn't have retired when I did. I think right. I better call up Walmart and see if I can get one of those jobs. <laughs> get it, yeah, greeting someday. People. I don't know. You know I don't even think they do that anymore. But, uh, you know, just make sure you got all the all the right inputs. Yeah, those Medicare supplement charges, I mean, they could be two, 300 bucks easily for two people. So consider that times 12 months of the year and, and, and then how many years you plan to be in retirement too. And you know, once you reach 65, 66 years of age, if you're still in relatively good health, there's a much greater than even chance that you're going to need long-term care. What do you think about buying long-term care insurance at that age? Well, you know, you're not getting any younger. So I would say if you're thinking about looking, buying long-term care in your lifetime, look into it now. You're probably not going to be younger or healthier five years from now. Pretty sure about that. I'm pretty good at math. And so, you know, maybe the answer is no. Maybe I can't afford it. I don't want to afford it. The rates are too high. I don't qualify. Okay. It's good to know that. Then you don't have to think about it anymore. But maybe you do qualify. Maybe you can afford it. Maybe it does make sense. So like anything with financial planning, do your planning and do it now. Don't put it off. If you don't have to, uh, maybe put it off a month or two uh, after the holidays. Look into this stuff. Give us a call. Let's do a financial plan, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then let's just find out. Wouldn't you like to know? Instead of beating yourself up, oh, I should buy it, I should buy it, I should buy it. Well, maybe you never qualified in the first place or it didn't make sense ever. Wouldn't you just like to know that? So there's an example of uh, just ask the question. Let's let's look into it. And some people may think that, well, Medicare is going to pay for my long-term care, but that's not the case. It'll pay for like the first 100 days, something like that. But again, it's a good idea to check on uh, Medicare 
Medicare to see how long it'll pay for long-term care, but expecting Medicare to pay for it is just not a plan. It's not going to work out. The next one is educate yourself about Social Security, Brian. This is, I think, a pretty important one. Yeah, and there's another one that I'm going to kind of push back against a little bit because, in fact, we're working on this internally. We, we have the Social Security optimization programs. You put the data in, and it kind of tells us the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to live past age 79, uh, put it off. If you're not, take it early. Well, most people think they're going to live past age 79, and so they go, well, I guess i got to put it off. Well, that doesn't account for everything it should. It doesn't account for earnings on early money. It doesn't account for the fact that money in your 60s is more valuable than money in your 80s. So if I said, Jeff, I'll give you $5,000, you have to spend it today, or I'll give you $20,000 when you're 90 and you have to spend it then, which would you want? Brian, I would say I'd take the 5000 for today. Absolutely. But on my math says you should take 20000 at age 90. And so I'll say, oh, yeah, well, the number is bigger. However, the value of money when I'm 90 is not as strong as the value of it in my 60s when I can do something I want to do with it. Right, right, right. I really don't need stuff in my 90s. I don't need to go on a trip. You know, I can't go do the things I wanted to do. So the value of money based on age, So I'm just saying you plug numbers into a Social Security optimization program, just know that the quality of the data coming out may not address real-life situations and, and like that and time value of money and investment returns and compounding and so forth. So we're actually working that out internally. Uh, we'll be doing a show on this coming up once we get that data done. And we'll probably be putting this out there as something to consider for people when they have a choice between waiting and taking Social Security early. Brian, next one on the list is updating your beneficiaries. And you've had a little experience with this when people come in with, uh, you know, wills and so forth, look like the Declaration of Independence, and they don't have the right beneficiaries on those. Yeah, that's fact. And that beneficiary designation that you filled in when you took the job at Boeing 35 years ago overrides your will or your living trust. So uh, make sure that those are up to date. I have had a situation where I, I asked to look at it and I go, who's this person? They go, well, that's my ex-wife. <laughs> you guys get along? No. Not really. <laughs> Why are you leaving her your retirement? <laughs> so, oh. You're like, what? I didn't realize that. Yeah. The wife sitting next, the current wife sitting next door looking at me. She's going to punch you. She's not happy. Yeah. <laughs> not happy. Uh, yeah. I said it in a nicer way, but you, yeah, you sure. my drift here. <laughs> it's like, make right. sure your beneficiaries are updated because that will override any other legal document. Right. And it says the kids are Bob and Ted. And I thought you told me you had five kids. Oh, yeah. When did they have Yeah, there are, three of them aren't going to like Bob and Ted very much because <laughs> yeah. Bob and Ted got all the money. Right. <laughs> so Bob and passed away. And Bob and Ted going on an excellent adventure with that money. So update Why didn't your- our parents listen to Growing Your Wealth? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> so update your beneficiaries. Pay attention to that on a regular basis. Uh, final one here, Brian, I think is really important, and that is simply just to keep the conversation going. Well, the fact that you're listening to the show right now says that you're keeping a conversation going on your finances. So good for you. And so I think that's awesome. Uh, The step, of course, that we always recommend on the show, the the big reason we do the show is a couple of reasons. One is to educate and not to sell, but to educate. And the other part of it is to get people to start planning and hopefully use our resources to help you do that planning. Whether you work with us or not, or we invest your money or not, that's totally up to you. You can start the process, you can get the plan done, and you decide at some point, well, 
um, this isn't for me, you just tell us and that's okay. You're not going to get the whole, what do you mean you don't want to work with us? It's okay. And so that's kind of our superpower here. We, we love the fact that we do that and we mean it. And we're not a fit for everyone. Everybody's not a fit for us. And so going through the financial planning is so, so important. Doing it sooner rather than later is so important. So we make it easy for people to go through the financial planning process with us as far as they want to take it. And many people take it to the point where they consolidate their investment assets for under our management. So that's obviously something that we do for a lot of people. We've been talking about a checklist for anyone five years from retirement with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And once again, if you'd like to check how deep your financial roots are during this financial volatile market and the storm, go to Madrona Financial and simply click on the Get Started button, schedule your call, and we'll get you all set to uh, withstand any storm that may come our way in 2023. We're Brian out of time for this week on our radio program. I want to thank you for your time. But most of all, I want to thank our listeners for giving us the gift on this Christmas Eve and Christmas Day of your love and support. We really do appreciate each and every one of you listening to our radio program. That's why we do it. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend in this beautiful part of the country that we live in. We'll talk again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes.